Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Keenan Bonner, and the matchup we'll be getting into this week is 2002's Catch Me If You Can versus 2017's American Made. Uh, Keenan, how are we doing today? Yeah, not too bad. No, we can be honest here. We've had an absolute howler. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's fine. If we're being honest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's been a shit of troops. Well, I mean, even with Monday's podcast, um, for anyone that was kind enough to listen to it, um, had some mic issues. Um, hopefully, uh, it wasn't off-putting. Um, trying to get it fixed, but uh, trying to find the issue is more of the problem. So I think I'm clearer while I'm speaking, but if I'm cutting out... Uh, that's an issue. I did just take a pause there, and I don't know how I'm sounding to you now, Keen, and if you can understand what I'm saying, if you can grasp yeah, it. Yeah, um, will we too bad in that intro then? Any better, any worse? No, it's fine, mate. It was okay, honestly. All right. Well, if we get into it, I thought we'd start off this week. We had Valentine's Day on Monday. I'm not going to be uh, proposing to you here or anything. Um, but I'm going to give you a series of either or questions. And you tell me which you think is the better movie couple. Okay. Okay, tough one to start off, or maybe not. Um, Clarence and Alabama from True Romance, or Karen yeah. and Henry Hill from Goodfellas? Henry, uh, Karen and Henry Hill, they made it last longer. Did they? Hmm. I mean, Clarence and Alabama do ride off into the sunset, to be fair. but Oh, yeah, sorry. I actually forgot the end of the film. I don't know why I thought he died. Well, to be um, fair, he should have. Um, yeah. He just miraculously survived a, a bullet wound to the head. Um, yeah, fairly, in which case it's probably them, but I mean, that's two of the most dysfunctional fucking relationships you've yeah. ever seen. <laughs> well, if I take you to this one, then uh, maybe a tough one for you. Um, John and Claire or Jeremy and Gloria in Wedding Crashes? John and Claire. Okay. I think that's the right answer, to be honest, but I uh, thought I'd test uh, the Vince factor. Mm. <laughs> and uh, finally, if I can take you back, Sean and Eve with their newly adopted son from Face Off or Amber Heard and Johnny Depp? Um, Sean and Eve, even <laughs> with the fucking, hey, we have another son now, which is still wild to me. How's your dead son, Sean? Yeah. <laughs> just replace I'm just gonna replace him. <laughs> like it's wild. Oh, yeah, it is. It's like um there's always someone, and I've seen it in um offices when someone it says that their pet has died and they're clearly very upset about it. And there's always someone that'll ask, Oh, are you gonna get another one? As if that's mm. the first thought going through your mind. Yeah. But it does seem People to happen do, uh... every single time. Oh, yeah, 100%. No breaks. Anyway, 
Catch Me If You Can is the most fun you will have at the movies this year. Hilarious and captivating, Tom Hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio are wonderful. Merry Christmas! From director Steven Spielberg, Catch Me If You Can, rated PG-13, starts Christmas Day. Barely 21, yet Frank is a skilled forger who has passed as a doctor, lawyer, and pilot. FBI agent Carl becomes obsessed with tracking down the con man who only revels in the pursuit. What do you think the critics think of this one? Uh, I think they'll be, be fans. Yeah, for the most part, you you were right. There's there's always some, isn't there? Um, so I, I've tried to take uh, the base of uh, what people were saying. Um, oh, this is I know he's already done Titanic, but this is this is some cast, man. Yeah, I've got a couple of comments because um, Spielberg actually kind of made, revived some careers with this film. Um, mm. So with help from a strong performance by Leonardo DiCaprio, as as real-life wonder kid con artist Frank Abagnale, Steven Spielberg crafts a film that's stylish, breezily entertaining, and surprisingly sweet. Do you think that's accurate? Sweet? Um. Yeah, I think there are sweet moments in this film. It's strange that I can I think of this film as like a feel good film, which is weird when you think it goes to jail and almost dies. No, I, I do have a few things on that um, because I, I do think that's very fair. Um, the light hearted tone and smart pacing allow for unwavering entertainment, plenty of natural humor, and Spielberg's knack for sympathizing with anti heroes. I don't think anyone would argue that Catch Me If You Can is one of Spielberg's best films. However, it is good enough and passes a pleasant couple of hours. So on that note, your top three Spielberg films. Oh, you're not going to enjoy this. You you don't have three you like, is that what you're going to say? I know you like at least two. I can't even remember what the fucking two I like. Huh? Catch Me If You Can and Saving Private Ryan. I do like those films. I just can't even, man. Off the top of my head, I need to think Jaws? what would be. I've never seen Jaws. Blimey. Um, Hold on. Oh, I'm not done yet. Just, um, they bring the big dog filmography. His, his upcoming list on the, like, produced is just wild. Does produce, he does have produced an awful, he has produced an awful lot of shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not, I was, and I don't mean I just mean that in general. Um, I was quite glad to see um, Real Steel Two on there because I know it's quite a cheesy <clears> film. I actually quite enjoyed the first one. What on fucking? Uh, have you seen it? I, I have. Yeah, I probably I enjoyed that more than. Pacific actually, Rim. I do know the answer. Number three is Hook. What Blimey, hook? you're cursing Real Steel, but you're bigging up a Hook. Hook's a children's film. Hook's a brilliant film. All right, but I love that one as a kid. Dustin Hoffman, legend. Which which comes higher, Saving Private Ryan or Catch Me If You Can? Catch Me If You Can. I understand most people say Saving Private Ryan, Ryan, but I told you before, I love this film. Yeah, I've gone Saving Private Ryan, um, Catch Me Indiana If You Can. Jones. And um, yeah, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is my favourite. The one um, that was like the, one. the unluckiest episode of the podcast that we've ever attempted to record. Um, I sh- I, no, no, it was I did it solo. 
Sean was Sean. Um, I was ill, but still did it. And you actually, um, and um, I'll clarify here that I'm not putting you in the same bracket as Sean. Um, you quite literally didn't have a voice. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's when I couldn't talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. So I literally um, did a solo podcast just reading the trivia and then oh, yeah, doing yeah. some little snide comments throughout. What was up against? Um, good question. It was up against... If you don't have the time, it's not a problem. I, I, I'm sure I can find it. I do remember now. Yeah, it was when I lost my voice. Yeah, I was trying to see if it came to mind for me immediately. Um, but it's not. Whilst I was almost dying, what a peaceful couple of days that really was. What? No no podcast and not being able to talk, so nobody wanted to talk to you? Nobody. Like, no one speaks to me. No, no one speaks to me. It's amazing. It's peaceful. I mean, no I podcast. wanted to speak I miss, to you. Always, you just weren't I, able I to. Always, <laughs> yeah, I always, I always miss the pod. I miss the pod when I'm not here. But yeah, I remember that now. Just like in, in a work setting as well. No one spoke to me. I think what it's made it worse as well was that... Um, Jack had spent about six months prior saying how much he loved Indiana Jones, and then he even even he couldn't come in to help me. His uh, his claim that this is the greatest trilogy ever is just so wild. It was against nineteen seventeen. Oh yeah, nice, nice. Hang on a minute, I've just seen I've just seen someone else has nick, nick has stolen our podcast name. Oh, that's not great. Well, they're doing a uh, blog, but I, I still resent the fact that, look, I assumed when I made this podcast, Movie Madness would be a taken name. It wasn't. I pounced, which means we, everyone else yeah, has yeah, to do yeah. their homework first, and then they can't use it. You know, like, there's there's like three podcasts. When you type in the word Movie Madness into Spotify, there's like three different podcasts, right? There and none of them are ours. No, but there, there wasn't when we started. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, 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 yeah there is, yeah. What, the, yeah, the, the, the reason um, they're not ours is effectively we've figured we've got a following from the Monday podcast. I know, so, I know, I know. And I didn't fancy paying SoundCloud an extra £7 a month, um, which we have stopped paying them now, but at the time, <laughs> the principal. I will say we're far more regular than any of these other guys. Yeah. Like clockwork, quite literally. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're beating this. They haven't got that work ethic. Arguably the most gifted actor of his generation, Leonardo DiCaprio has definitely been a victim of his own success. Leo bashing was all the rage there for a while after his monster smash Titanic. This should put that to an end. Mm. That is mad to think, isn't it? Yeah, he did get a lot of heat for a while. That's crazy. Like, if he gets heat now, it's the age of the women he's uh, adding to his uh, bedpost. Mm. Then, imagining him getting, like, heat for, I guess, what must have been the films he was making is is pretty wild. I don't really know what he did after. Uh, I'm going to take you through that because I have a comment about it. So, (laughs) consider that covered. Um, Finally, this is the director's most likable film in an age, even if it's insubstantial, overlong, and frankly, a touch redundant. Overlong? Art criticism? Yeah. Okay. 
I think anytime you go over two hours, someone says it's over long. Mm. Like someone says it about American Made, which is um, half an hour less and below two hours. Mm. And then the like critic review I saw after that was that there wasn't enough detail and the runtime should have been longer. So I guess. Yeah, you're never going to please. You just don't please everyone, do you? You no. just fucking, you just take your swing. Yeah, I don't trust the runtime critique unless it comes from us. Uh, I feel we've got the right gauge there. In fact, I believe we set the theory out once where it's like comedy needs to end in 90 minutes, action yep. film, one hour 45, and then if you're more, if you've got a bit more about an action, then we'll give you about two hours 15 to two hours 30. Yeah, that's probably about right. Yeah, they'll teach that in media studies one day. Mm. Okay. Movie Madness Theorem. Um, okay, the trivia. Um, I know what you're going to say. Uh, I have split it down. Uh, so we're a bit more organized. Okay. A couple of odd bits. Um, the real-life Frank Abagnale Jr. was actually the French officer that arrests him at the end of the film. Oh, I don't know that. Um. And the story to get this movie made, there was obviously the the story in itself lends itself to becoming a movie. Um, And the rights for this had been up and down, going here, going there. It was originally going to be made in 1981 with Dustin Hoffman playing the main role. Hmm. I didn't see that. Um, The clip that you see at the start of the film that's from a game show that appears quite strange um, without context, to be honest with you. Um, So that's based on an actual TV episode called To Tell the Truth, um, where Frank Abagnale Jr. did go on there and not a single person in the entire audience guessed that he was the guy that all these stories belonged to. And Hmm. you can still find this episode up on YouTube if you uh, fancy giving it a watch. Probably not. Right? No. Uh, one of my favourite bits of trivia in terms of how inconsequential it is, but uh, still enjoyable. Um, all roads and concrete surfaces are wet during this film, despite the fact that it's almost always sunny weather. The cinematographer literally just told Spielberg he liked the look of wet roads. And Spielberg was like, yeah, I, I do agree with that, so we'll go with it. Why is that trivia, man? That is genuinely fucking next time, weird. Next time you watch the film, though, that that's going to be in your mind. I don't think it will be, you know. Even if just for just a second you'll see a shot and you're oh, okay, the road's wet. It'll come back to you. If we compare the movie to fact, um, I know we kind of hit and miss on this, but there's a couple of things I do think are important. Um, The FBI officer that was chasing Frank and was the main inspiration for Carl Hanratty, so Carl wasn't actually a a real person, more an amalgamation of several different uh, FBI agents. That's fairly standard. Yeah, his name was uh, Joe O'Shea. Frank used the pseudonym Sean O'Reilly in his book because uh, Joe was still in the FBI at the time. Um, He has since passed away. But in an online video, um, Abagnale said that Hanks met with 
uh, O'Shea, uh, Shea, sorry. Um, and he said it, it was truly very accurate. The guy that he was particularly basing him on there, uh, Shay there. And he said, Hanks nailed it. He really nailed it. Um, so that's always good to hear. What happens when you employ top class actors? Yeah, yeah. Um, according to Frank Avignale Jr., um, after he ran out of the courtroom, he actually never saw or spoke to his father again. Uh, Spielberg, however, thought it would make a better story to have him communicate with his father, so he left all that in. Hmm. I think it's the right call. It means we got Christopher Walken, who uh, I have yeah. a couple of things about later. In his autobiography, then, um, Abagnale says if he ever wanted to lay down a baby con... He would lie about his childhood. He says all the stuff about his dad being a hustler is made up. He says the real Frank Sr. was not only a straight shooter, but um, he was actually one of Frank Jr.'s first victims. He says he started his criminal life with petty scams using his dad's credit card. And um, he once racked up thousands on a a spending spree before his dad got the bill. So that's quite a key difference, isn't it? Because his character in the film, at least, almost his main motivation is to gain his dad's approval and maintain mm. and impress his dad. Yeah. So also way more of a scumbag move. Yeah, for sure. It's like he, in this film, it's like he, he solely wants to impress his dad and have his mum tell him he's done a good job, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I can read you a quote, um, Hopefully the, the mic allows me to do so. Um, so Abignale did a speech at Google where he spoke about the accuracy of the film. And he said, I've only seen the movie twice. So when the media asked me what I thought about the movie and what was right and wrong, I said, first of all, I have two brothers and a sister. He portrayed me as an only child. In real life, my mother never remarried. And there's a scene in the movie where she's remarried and has a little girl. And that didn't happen. In real life, I never saw my father. I ran away, and in the movie, they keep having him come back to Christopher Walken, which didn't happen. I escaped off the aircraft through the kitchen galley where they bring the food and stuff onto the plane, and they in the film, they had me escape through the toilet. I thought he stayed very close to the story, but pretty much all of that was a lie. He was very concerned about being accurate, first of all, because it was the first time he'd made a movie about a real person living. Uh, Spielberg, this is. Mm-hmm. Secondly, he claims the FBI had an information officer on the set for all of the shooting of the entire film to make sure what he said about the FBI was accurate in inverted commas and to make sure they were represented properly. Yeah. Um, he said, I really got most of my information from those three retired agents, Spielberg, that is. Um, yeah. So he said they did a good job in uh, getting the story across accurately. Hmm. I think American Made says something along the lines of um, a true story and then it says something like apart from a few lies and that's pretty much it seems what Catch Me If You Can is, although the that's reason... every film is though, isn't it? Based yeah. on a true story, let's be honest. Yeah, some, some people do say that this shouldn't be called like a biography or anything like that because if a guy is such a great con man... You, you can't really trust a word he says, whether he's telling you it's the truth now or not. 
And that's the big yeah. thing with Abagnale, isn't it? There's all sorts of uh, theories about him online. Yeah, yeah. They're accused online. Like, accused of stretching the truth quite a like, lot with some of his claims as well. Like the bit about him working in for working for uh, like a Supreme Supreme Court judge or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, people are like, no, they... I guess it's kind of like um, once you've got someone to believe one lie, it's, it's yeah. you've almost got the liberty then of saying what you want because if you can prove just one of them, people kind yeah. of have to prove you wrong from there on or it's like, well, if you don't like my stories, don't listen. Um, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just... The point about him being a con man or so is he telling you the truth is is it is just really it's really important when you look at yeah. <laughs> like even sort of his books and stuff because a con man is essentially is always selling you something, be it selling them you selling you themselves or whatever the case is, and yeah. you, you know he's trying to sell books and stuff, but it's sorry for accurate in like accuracy and inaccuracies are solid. I just don't. I don't know. It's yeah. If some of his claims are over over the top, then I don't know. I think it adds to the film more than it takes away. Yeah, for sure. Um, some of the things we've done before when it comes to uh, bar picks. Um, until he saw the results of Leo's work, the real Frank Abagnale Jr didn't believe DiCaprio was suave enough to play him. That is the most arrogant thing I've heard in a long so time. I, I also thought this, um, and I still think so, but if I tell you at the time when you look back, the roles that Leo was famous for, Titanic, Gangs of New York, and The Beach. So he isn't really playing the kind of guys that he's now most renowned for. I mean, you He's still banging supermodels at this point, mate. He's okay. got a level of suaveness about him. Do you know what I mean? He's still got a level of suaveness about him. I know he's good looking, he's an actor, but he's still going out with some of the most beautiful women in the world. Yeah, As in okay. women who, uh, no, you're not for me. Like a, any bloke on the planet is it, it, is all over it. Because, so, yeah, I must see a, a thing on my timeline at least like once a week, and it's like, oh, young Leah was the goat. Um, and it's like, well, you can't really, like, it's, yeah. Far be it for me to say uh, I disagree. Um, if you listen to Spielberg, he actually says, if you're going to criticise anything about the film, he says Leo, as the casting choice, is probably it. Because he says, ironically, Abagnale was known to have resembled an adult at a young age. And then the opposite, Leo at this time, like his baby Looks face is essentially yeah. just carried him. Well, not carried him. I've been harsh there, but you know what I mean. That's that's uh, what he was renowned for. Yeah. So there we go. And maybe that's Spielberg signing Abignail after um, he's tried talking down on him. <laughs> um, Spielberg's original choice was actually Johnny Depp. No, it doesn't work. Does it not? You don't think? No. No, it doesn't. You think he's too hard faced? I just don't think it works. Where he carries himself, where he talks, just doesn't, just doesn't, wouldn't, wouldn't. If if you said if you put these them in front of me and said which one's more likely to steal from you or to con to, to successfully con you, sorry, it's the answer's Leo. 
I don't know if it's because we did Donny Brasco and you know my thoughts on that. We don't need to go through it again. But something we mm. kind of agreed on was that Brasco, uh, Johnny Depp brings a certain level of charm to the role, and that's why it yeah. makes it so successful. And so that's why maybe I'm looking at it and saying, I can at least see what Spielberg was going for there. Um, it's not like Depp was like a had like a hardened face. He didn't look rough around the edges. I think you can spin it that way, but for me, the kind of con man I would look at Johnny Depp being is the kind of um, guy who's got a trench coat on, he's in the corner with a little cigarette in his mouth, <laughs> kind of yeah. leaning against the wall, saying, okay, come over here. You know, I, I can do a good deal on this, rather mm. than wooing his way through scheme. society. Yeah. So, yeah, oh, you got... probably fair. Um, one I thought was really interesting... Um, the original choice for Carl wasn't Tom Hanks. It was actually James Gandolfini. No, I, I don't know. It'd be weird seeing him play a copper. It would. It's it all like he's right. Which yeah. is ridiculous because he is an actor at the end of the day. And I'm sure he's a, he was a phenomenally talented actor. And so I'm that, sure he would have done perfectly well. That's the thing, I think, with... Um, Gandolfini, I nearly called him Tony Soprano then, is um, when you listen to people far more qualified than us, um, yeah. he's almost held up, um, not quite like goat level, but he's held up as a guy who could really act like when you hear the way people talk about him. Um, yeah. So I've no doubt he would have done a good job, but it's hard. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's hard be... just to picture him playing a copper. And I think it's hard with this film. When you've got a film... That does that's done as well as this. You really have to be finding flaws to say this guy should replace him because they're so like. Is this film this film without Leo and Tom Hanks? Probably not. So the other thing it, about it is, it's not as though you're saying Gandolfini over some like some no, no mark no. or someone who's bang average. You are you are talking about replacing Tom Hanks, and one of the reviews talked about a generational actor in Leo. Tom Hanks, legitimately a generational actor. Yeah, it's it's quite nice, isn't it? It must be when you've got the kind of budget where um you can go, oh, we can't get James Gandolfini. Oh, can you get Tom Hanks on the phone? Yeah, just like rid- ridiculous, mate. This is post Castaway. He's flying. This is yeah. So- Toy Story's come to Castaway, Saving Private Ryan. He is absolutely on top of the world. What might make a lot more sense then for why he wasn't the first choice is um, Spielberg says he almost felt he couldn't approach Tom Hanks to play a supporting role in this film. He felt like the the size of the guy now, and Tom Hanks told him a good part is a good part. No matter the size of it, it's it's down to him to work with the tools he has to get every last bit out of it. And I think he does, doesn't he? Yeah, he's great. Just very, very good. What do you think of his accent in this? Mm, yeah, it's not bad. It's not a bad attempt. That first scene, it's so strong. Yeah. And he, he kind of mellows it as, as the film goes on. It's like Donnie Berger-esque strong. It, it's mad. I wrote down in my notes, like, this is rash. And then I didn't really have an issue with it for the entire rest of the film. So That's, that's a positive one. Do you think, and I'm just coming to my head, do you think it's not like he's bouncing off other similar accents. Like everyone else in that scene is doing a French accent. Did you think that subconsciously mm. makes it thicker? 
Maybe. Maybe it does because it's just cuts right against it. But yeah. they are very, <laughs> very opposite. Um, a couple of things I had down there, my thoughts while watching. Um, Christopher Walken, love the guy, love his character in here. I think I saw the initial point in where the crack appeared in his marriage. When they've been evicted from their house and they're walking to pack things in the car, he tells her, there's going to be less for you to clean. Like she should be over the moon and suddenly say, oh, you know what? That's a great point. I've Every cloud, silver lining clean now. <laughs> yeah. Silver lining. So you ain't got to get the Uber out. You'll have to get the Uber out a little bit less often. Um, you can put your feet up for 20 more minutes a day. I don't know what you're complaining about here. Yeah. That's that's a rash take on. Sorry, you lost your house, but at least the kitchen's after. Sorry. Yeah. That, that being said, um, now we only hear really from Abagnale Senior um, what the issues were. Um, she very quickly kind of washes her hands of like, look, this was never my problem. This was your problem. Mm. And then she gets that yeah, she new, new, richer, younger man. So uh, look, yeah. she put herself about. She's moving on up. Exactly. Um, something we've spoken about recently. I thought if I had to explain this film to someone now in very simple terms, I think you can narrow this down to essentially being Leo doing the Denzel. I'm from around the way. I'm leaving <laughs> here with leave, something. <laughs> I'm leaving here with something. I'm from around the way. I love that clip so much. <laughs> Literally, I've never seen like, the full interview, so I actually have no, no idea what he's talking about. Uh, he's talking about um, he doesn't get, <laughs> it's an Oscar, I believe. Okay. And so there's some kind of uh, food and like, props and things around there and he's basically saying he didn't get the award so he left with everything else that he could oh man that's unreal you know <laughs> if it was like a trip to the white house or something and it was just <laughs> like, yeah look i'm from around the white i'll leave with something no do, do you remember I, I, I have to assume that like half the guests that go to the white house steal something yeah well a couple of years back um if you can recall i think it's it may have even started with kanye whose name is certainly in and around at the moment um and he was complaining that all of these award shows and the TV companies invite all these big names to sit there, smile, knowing they're not going to give them an award. They know they're giving them to before they even invite anyone. Um, and so they deserve something just in reciprocation for going to these events because they're not gaining anything from it. And I think the question was put to Denzel about you go to these awards sometimes, you didn't win on this occasion, and then he just comes out with that gem. Kind of makes a fairly valid point. Like I get you sort of party and shit right after it's great, but that's still even to go and celebrate someone else winning an award you've been nominated for. Yeah, and Kanye's uh, main critique was, "Don't put the camera on me when someone else has just won an award to see how I react right. to it. And if I look unhappy, then I'm a sport brat and all of this." Yeah, no, I, I, I I've always thought this that the whole, but like, oh, you've got to be a gracious loser. Fuck that. How, in comparison... Be angry that you haven't won. Be compa- you want to be the best. Be competitive. If Denzel had got on stage like Kanye did, it would be celebrated, wouldn't it? Like, he wouldn't have been trashed. <laughs> I think he would have been. 
I mean, didn't Barack Obama call Kanye an abomination after that? <laughs> that's so strong. I don't know if that's true. He says it on but... um, uh, Gorgeous, I think, on um, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Mm. He says something about being called an abomination by the president. So there we go. No, it does. Um, it's on the abomination of Obama's nation, but that's a pretty. There you go. It's a pretty, uh, pretty dark way to start the conversation. Yeah, that's go. not gorgeous. That's um, it's power. Yeah, I had to. I don't know if you could hear me having a little sip yeah, to myself. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was just doing. How how is Jay doing? I'm surviving. <laughs> um, God, we'll get out. Not really us. Okay, the other observation um, that I had down. This is the only time you're going to hear these two films compared. If I tell you Leo stacks more bodies in this film than Stallone in Rambo 1. Amy Adams, Jennifer Garner, Elizabeth Banks, Ellen Pompeo, and I'm sure there's more off screen. Leo doing Leo things. This... This film was the Leo propaganda. Mm. If 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 they weren't flocking over him before, this was like, look, can we get a load of this guy? It's Leo's world, mate. We're just living in it. <laughs> That's all I can say. Because there was some trivia, and I usually find it interesting. So I thought it was interesting um, where Chris Pine only had two weeks to do all of Hell or High Water because he had to get back to mm. Star Trek. And I thought, okay, that's good. When there's trivia saying Jennifer Garner shot all of her scenes in one day, she stands outside a hotel room, puts the moves on Leo, and then goes into the hotel room, continues putting the moves on, thinks she's swindled a grand out of it, gets piped. I don't know what more... <laughs> why that would have taken a fortnight <laughs> I don't know why that's mm. impressive that it took one day yeah I get what you're saying I do get what you're saying it's, it's, it's very few scenes do you know what I mean yeah I mean it's literally two scenes um, yeah I messaged you by the way just, in, just to uh, about this um, I saw a comment that said it feels like a Spielberg movie and a Scorsese movie had a baby and the baby was Catch Me If You Can. Do you agree with that? Do you see what they're trying to get at with that? What do you think? Yeah, thoughts? definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If you told me this was Scorsese who had directed this, you'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. A little bit darker if it was mine. There's a lot of things. The way it's shot, the way it feels... The subject matter, obviously. Um, now people do sort of associate Leo with Scorsese. Obviously, it didn't at the time this yeah. was made, but they do now. Joe had a few efforts together. They've got another effort together in Flowers of the Killing Moon, uh, which comes out this year. Yeah. I thought but, um, the soundtrack which, in this was um, almost like Pink Panther-esque. Um, Especially when um, Hanratty, uh, I said his name right. Is that was that what it was? Yeah, yeah. When he's going up the stairs to uh, barge into the uh, hotel room, mm. and then he's kind of going around the corners. It, it's very 
Pink Panther-esque. And then when you compare that to the intro as well, which is really my only criticism of the film, that two-and-a-half-minute-long cartoony intro is like... We, we allow this for Bond, and it's annoying there when you're giving me like a four-minute intro sequence. Don't do it anymore. Uh, Spielberg didn't need to do that. Get your director's oh, name up, get Leo and Hank's name up, and then credits at the end, please. I like it. Or do something a bit more creative with it. And I'm, I'm saying that when he's got an artist in to sketch, but I'd rather see Goonies-style cruising through the neighborhood, show me all the characters with the credits rolling, then little stick men going around showing you there's a mystery about to take place. Fair enough. We've spoken a little about Leo. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the greatness of Christopher Walken here. Um, I, I think his character is so good. I think it, it's it's great by Spielberg that he left this character in because he's just about the only person that makes Leo's Abagnale human. Yeah. I think it is so tough when you do these films because if you have a guy that's a con man, if you don't get the audience to like him, then obviously it's pretty easy to just go the opposite way, isn't it? Like, yeah, I know the guy, the people he's defrauding at the start when it's the banks, everyone loves that. Mm. When it comes to like normal everyday people that you're taking money off, I don't even think they're going to have sympathy for Jennifer Garner's character because look, you're already about to get in there with him. Now you want a grand to put your box on a plate. Please. No. Jesus Christ, what a terrible way to phrase that is. She's charging a grand. You, the, it, it, it's no Box longer <laughs> on a plate. <laughs> yeah, but at, at, at this stage, you you, you don't really. I apologise, ladies. I apologise, ladies and gentlemen. What? Apologise. Apologise if it was just a consensual encounter to start with. Don't initiate it and then say, you know what? How much are you paying here? I'll send your car out front. What's in your wallet? And Keenan, at the point where she's got change ready, <laughs> that's the part where I draw the line. You've got to come prepared. <laughs> For fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Doesn't matter what walk of life. I think in that moment, if you're Leo, you go from, okay, I've pulled a model. Obviously, it wasn't going to be this easy. When the change comes out, suddenly my winner's ticket that I think I've got, that I'm having to put a little extra work for, Suddenly, it, it feels like there's coupons in the paper. <laughs> the gloss has come off at that point because it's like, <laughs> where were you earlier? <laughs> where were you earlier tonight? Where are you coming home from? I want to know because the price may have just gone down. The price may have gone down. Ah, uh, Okay. I, I'm not. I'm not really sure. I, I'm not really sure about this conversation. I'll be honest. What do you mean? Well, we can, we can have this conversation. Look, 
Yeah, we can. I just this is not where I expected this film to go. Uh, this, this particular film. To I go. didn't expect you to entertain the conversation, but you have. So here we are. No, I try my best. Now neither of us drive. No, we are fucking useless in that respect. <laughs> I've got to think, Keenan. If you are going to drive, you see the logbook in. <laughs> I'll stop myself. You don't I'll know stop. enough. You don't know enough about cars to make this analogy, do you? Or it was going to be filthy. No, no, I do, but uh, I was going to be talking about it, there's more owners for the car, and yeah, we don't need to go. <laughs> no, this is dangerous territory. Women's women's living all that. We don't need that work. Consider me uh, breaking the fourth wall at this point, and I'm going. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't need to say it. Keena nah. knows what I mean. You're going to start making comparisons just, to second-hand cars. That was just me reeling you in with me. Um, okay, back to Christopher Walken. Jennifer Garner, I apologise. It's like the character. The scene in the in the restaurant. The necklace thing's wild, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> it's just so weird. It's creepy and shit through us. I I actually had that to ask you if you if you're on a night out you see someone you take a liking to and you say I think you dropped this I don't think that's going the same way it goes for Leo or Christopher Walken no I think me and Leo are very play a very different <laughs> game there uh, mine probably ends up with me in a cell <laughs> For Jesus. one reason what or another, you what you do when she turns down the necklace? Nothing. Either I, I'm being accused of stealing it for a starter, <laughs> or it's going to be it just—it's a very creepy vibe, and you have to be Leo-esque to get to get rid of that. <laughs> the better you look, the worst, the weirdest, <laughs> the worst, worst things you can say. That's just no, a fact uh, of nature. Yeah, the the, the the restraint I've just shown, I've just shown to keep this joke joke in the locker, honestly. Please tell me the joke. <laughs> I was going to reference you in the club doing the Denzel. <laughs> I'm from around the way. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. Um, yeah, that, that scene um, is, I think, when... Abagnale Senior is the one that effectively introduces his son to the life of a con man when he pulls that out for the first time he says he's borrowing the suit he asks him to be his driver so he can get a seat uh, a meeting at the bank which he thinks that's going to change the way it goes Mm. at that point when he says my fork's cold and Leo says that's because it's a salad fork and it like flips and he's like, okay, I'm no longer the one impressing you. Yeah. You're the one now impressing me. Just the little subtleties that Walken does are just brilliant in that. The way I, I can go in and out of a scene depending on how you cry. Shia LaBeouf's crying in Lawless somewhat takes me out of the scene because it's just horrible. Whether that's how he cries or not. Walking in this, the, the way his eyes gradually water something that he probably doesn't think anything of at all just the little things of him his confusion after he hears about the salad fork 
um, the way he's trying to get to grips with his son. Because do we read this the same way? His his dad knows exactly what he's doing, doesn't he? I, I don't think he knows exactly, but he knows enough. Is how I've always taken it. The the way I read it um, was that no matter how good of a liar Frank is, his dad sees through it. Um, He's seen the Skyway man in the news, um, his son's suddenly a pilot. I also don't think he's embarrassed by Frank. He's not ashamed by Frank. It's it's the opposite. He's got that kind of, uh, like his dad's giving him a little like punch in the arm, not saying mm. how proud of him he is, but he's proud that his son's cheating the system that he feels has wronged him as much as it has. Um, And the fact that his son's figured out a way to beat it, I think is what makes him happy. But then at the same time, he's got the conflicting feelings of he doesn't really want his son to be getting into any trouble. No. Yeah. I always took it there. He knows, he knows enough. He doesn't just might not know the whole, the whole sort of shebang, but he knows enough. I love, I love it when he says to, um, the detective, do you, do you have a do you have a child? Because you should mm. know there is no way I would be giving up my son. Ride or die. Yeah. Well, that's what you want from your parents, isn't it? Yeah, so it so this walking appearance, Christopher Walken, for as successful as he's been, if you can even look through his IMDb, he's struggling a bit at the time. Um, these classic roles that he's become accustomed to aren't coming for him anymore. I don't know how much you know about the um, controversy uh, surrounding Natalie Wood. Do you know about this? No. Okay, so... Um, Who is Natalie Wood? So she was, she was an actress. Um, she was 43 years old. She was filming... She she was just at the end of filming uh, a movie with Christopher Walken and she went out on a boat with him. Uh, I believe the director, her boyfriend, and there was one other actor. Um, I, f- I forget their name. So I'm doing a disservice to Walken here. Um, she drowns. She, she's found by police. Um, yeah. And there's just a lot of mystery surrounding her death. Still to this day, no one has been criminally charged. Um, her her cause of death, I believe, was drowning and something like other suspicious circumstances because she was found with like bruises on her arm, bruising on her head. Yeah. Um, now, Walken was never accused of this. This isn't one of those things like we're not going like OJ here, like that we have reasons to believe he did it, although we can't prove it. Just the mere fact that he was there and there was so much controversy around this, nobody really wanted to touch him for a while. Um, or if they did, it was kind of low-level films where, of course, you're going to get Walken on board, but it's not the kind of roles that Christopher Walken deserves at this stage of his career. Um, Steven Spielberg is able to restore him as one of cinema's like quirkiest talents. And then once Spielberg touches him, everyone else is like, okay, got the rod off our backs. Back in business, let's pretend nothing's ever happened. Um, mm. So you, you you can look into that one. I wasn't sure whether to mention it, but I think it is important because Spielberg here willing to take a chance in 
the question I'm going to ask you at the end of this is whether this is a Leo DiCaprio movie or a Tom Hanks movie. Um, mm. And while it is clearly down to those two, Crystal Walker is one of the first people I think of when I think of this film. Fair enough. For me, it's always, it's always Leo and Tom Hanks, to be honest. Just seeing Christopher Walken go through the motions, whether it's this, whether it's uh, Wedding Crash, whether it's Click, it just, I just love how out there he is. I was reading today, um, he worked as a lion tamer in a circus as a kid. That was his first job. You lost the words. Sorry, I just went really silent really quickly. What oh. did you say? Christopher Walken's first job was as a lion tamer a lion in tamer. a circus. Yeah. Yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. That's um, unbelievable. Mine was a paper round and I hated it. I was a cleaner. <laughs> did you enjoy that? No, I did not. I cleaned no. the school that I went to. <laughs> um, that was not fun. Yeah, when you read about him as a kid, he, he says the first time he saw Elvis Presley just changed his life. Loves Elvis. Yeah, Fucking he, his mum loved Elvis. His mum got him to dance and stuff. Yeah, he said he so grew he's his a hair. phenomenal dancer. Yeah, he said just growing his hair just gave him the confidence that he could just do anything he wanted. Yeah, his mum sort of wanted to want him to act and do stuff like that, and he got into it. Obviously, phenomenal at it. Phenomenal I dancer. I uh, love that. I like. I love the fact that he's pissed off at being asked to dance now. <laughs> he's like, I like dancing, but that's that's what people want from me. That's what people wanted from him for like forever. Was just I oh, dance, and he's like, yeah, I'm not like a, I'm not like a performing monkey. I got like some other skills here. I, I was reading that like twenty, thirty years ago, um, back when this was more of a thing, like a hoax website went up stating that he was going to run for president to the point where he had to come out through his publicist and deny it. Imagine. We we we've seen some rash presidents in 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 the last however many years. We we don't have a vote here, but. I mean, I'd be fully on the campaign trail if Walken wants to go for president. Very last wing type of guy is Chris Walken. Um, so yeah, and then he'd get my vote over some others. Him and Kanye in the next presidential race would just be phenomenal. If that's the case, if that were ever to be the case, it would be time just to shut America down. How long just till The Rock it. goes for it? 2028. It'll be something like The Rock and Joe Rogan, won't it? Like That's definitely happening. They're not friends anymore. No. No, uh, yeah. the, the Rock, um, and not to go into the whole uh, Rogan controversy, put out a thing on the Friday um, saying, look, we've all made mistakes in our lives. I stand with Joe Rogan. And then someone sent him the clips of Rogan being racist. And he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, uh, thanks for letting me know there. I actually retract what I said. Um, I've yeah. now seen the true character. Um yeah, probably do your research before you come out and say you support someone. Probably be a good idea. Uh, and then someone sent him a video of him doing a horrendous Chinese accent. Yeah, the like, WWE in those days, uh, not that it excuses what? it, was, was wild. Uh, I told you during the first lockdown, I went back and I was watching um, yeah. like the old pay-per-views. Just Even just the way the Divas are represented now compared to then, yeah, like a diva main event now, um, and I've not watched it in several years, but it's like a ladder match or whatever. The same as you would get with the men when you go back and you it's like a, a, a 
Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy. Even if it's like a special main event and it's going to be something like wrestling in gravy. Yeah. Why, why is this a thing? <laughs> why is this happening? Yeah. Yeah. That people are just still going mental because it's like Stacey Keebler and Trish Stratus. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'll ask you again then. So, who do you think wins this film? Leo. You think Leo? Yeah. I, I agree with you for this with. I do you think it's a Leo film? And what is your favourite scene in this film? Oh, there's a couple. Um, when he, weirdly, I love when he first goes to the bank. Can't tell you why. It just makes me smile when he gets okay. away for the first time. Uh, becoming a pilot and walk stolen through the airport. Yeah. Kim getting caught. A conversation that they have when they speak for the first time, when they meet in the hotel. When they meet in the hotel room, is unbelievable. Uh, he's like, I've just had him. Uh, Great. It's just a wonderful bit, wonderful scene. What's yours? I think um, him conning Han Ray for the first time is is the best scene, I think. Mm. Um, I think it's one of them that it's brilliant. And we did this um, with Den of Thieves. It's brilliant. Mm. And this time it's even on the first watch where you're in on the joke that the other character isn't and you're yeah. enjoying being on the side of Leo in this scenario and everything he's doing where he says, you know, keep the wallet. And we go back down, you'll see that guy out there and he's running, he's going through the motions. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's, I think that's perfect. Um, I also really like the scene uh, of him being arrested in front of his mum's house at Christmas with the lights flashing. Yeah. Just because just it looks good, it just shows him at, um, I guess, rock bottom at that point. Um, because so much to him is um, his reputation and how his parents see him. So he he's more upset there than he is groveling in the corner of a French prison. Um, no, that exactly is rock bottom. Though. Almost dying in a French jail. Yeah. Not great. But that's the that's what they're supposed to show in the character, isn't it? That mm. I know. Um, wh- what do you think about the ending? There's some people that say, "Look, you kind of build me up. I'm along for the ride, and then it's kind of just peters out." Flat. Do you think that's fair? It is a fair criticism, but that's sort of what happened. He stopped living the high life. I, it, as such, he's done remarkably well for himself in the, the years following. Um, more so than many people would argue that there's someone who's committed that many crimes has any right to. But mm. that's to that's to each their own. But that's sort of that's what happened for a while, mate. What what you wanted there wasn't No, no. I, the, I just... the scam afterwards was the fact that he's managed to to fucking build the life that he did. Yeah. Um uh, and things like that but there was a period where you've been caught you sort of got to do your time and even then you got to put in work with the FBI so it wasn't like it wasn't the worst thing and I can't imagine it was the worst in the world when you compare it to fucking going yeah. to jail in terms of how the guy is represented now um, how he's viewed now typically a guy who turns over to the police 
and gives them everything they want to get himself yeah. off scot-free. Like, we're supposed to almost turn our noses up at Henry Hill at the end of Goodfellas. We're supposed to be yeah. saying, like, all of that life you worked for, and this is this is how this is how low you stoop. Not- I I don't believe wow. Abagnale is painted that way in this, and I wonder yeah. if people leave the cinema in the consensus thinking that was wrong. He should have taken his punishment rather than going away because effectively he's now making his living taking down the guys who are trying to do what he's doing. Yeah, so he, 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 I mean, it's a phenomenal plan. I got away with it for so long. I'm going to stop anyone else from doing it. Yeah, which in turn only increases my own leg, which increases my own legacy. Yeah. Phenomenal. Um, he's I, not just the difference his is, ball and going home. He's taking everyone else's ball as well. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's, he's put up the no ball game, game sign. Yeah, the difference is between sort of Henry. You are right. The one thing you don't see in this film, I don't know. When you don't see from his violence, the way he's represented now and represented very much in the film is that of a gentleman thief. Although a lot of the people in this film, if you ask them whether they'd rather be shooed in for two minutes or have thousands of pounds taken from them, I've got to believe most of them take the kicking. I know what you mean, but there is a diff. You and yeah, probably, but you and there are like there are victim statements and stuff, uh, and people did interviews after he was caught, and they were like losing, not just losing the money, but I had complete. I trusted this guy with everything, and this is what he's done. What it's effective. There's a like the woman to like I cooked for him. I put, I felt I housed him and stuff. Yeah, because I it's actually affected my relationship for the, my relationships for the last ten years. I don't trust people as much anymore. Because that this is, is life altering. This is almost um, <coughs> if if you were to kind of canvas people, I guess. This is more embarrassing than being beaten up. Like anyone in the wrong circumstances can be overcome physically. This it's like as you say, people are judging your character because they're almost like, How did you fall for this? Because if you told this story, if you were one of the people who were conned in this film. And they said, "Well, how did you? How did? You, well, how did that happen?" And you explained the circumstances in which you no were won over. Coercion. It's just this yeah. guy is incredibly charming, and what he said makes sense. Yeah, but that again is, is the other part about him is it's just he wins you over via his charms. Yeah, and that's why it, 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 like, I think you. I thought you feel think relatively highly of of him, and I did so until. The whole yeah, rip this battle, which is ridiculous, really. By the way, because yeah. <laughs> apparently my moral, well, apparently my moral comes. Is that's like fucking doing it to strangers in corporations? But this old man apparently has a step too far. Um, I think uh, it's fair to be honest. Uh, they, 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 he's never said like his dad was horrible to him or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was just he he gave he him the opportunity to an end. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Yeah, shall we move on to our second film? Yeah. I don't like you shouldn't be flying buses. Welcome to Miami. You should be serving your country. On September 29th. I was working for the CIA and Pablo Escobar. That sounds made up, Barry. See American Made. This is going to be good for us. Nice wheel. (laughs) In IMAX. 
Tomás, Tomás. American Made. Rated R. The synopsis, the story of Barry Seal, an American pilot who became a drug runner for the CIA in the 1980s in a clandestine operation that would be exposed as the Iran-Contra affair. I'll just check. Still sounding all right? Yes, sir. Okay, good. Am I still cutting it out? Or... No, no, it's been pretty solid. So. Oh, good. That's good to know. Um, okay, critics reviews. What do you think the critics think of this? I think it's did all right. Okay, so... Am I wrong? Well, I know you're going to tell me, but I, I, um, I thought it, I remembered this doing okay. That's not an easy question. I'll, I'll tell you that now, actually. So, effectively, um, if we're going to give the football analogy, it's a tale of two halves. This did really well outside of its main market. In America, hmm. this, for what they hoped, it bombed. Oh, wow. This, this was the worst returns on a Tom Cruise film in over 10 years in America and Canada. Do you know what the film before was? I don't. Um, I couldn't ah. find out exactly. Um, so, but the, the reasoning effectively is um, uh, to explain. Okay, it comes down to the marketing, and here in England, we require it has to have been out of cinemas for longer before we'll allow you to release it on DVD, streaming services, etc. It used to be sixteen weeks. It's, that's what it was at, at the time of this. It was 16 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, in America, it's less than that. So rather than match it up, they decided to release it here. I guess maybe the thinking was build anticipation and then go bigger with the release in America. But traditionally, mm-hmm. um, Tom Cruise movies actually do do better over here proportionately than they do in America. Yeah, we do like Tom Europeans Cruise. Europeans just love Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but where it gets a bit complicated is um, when this was released in England, as I said, the Tom Cruise stardom, it knocked Dunkirk off the top spot in the cinemas to give you a grasp yeah. of how big this was. Um, yeah. Stars never really faded here, it's got to be said. No, so this this was released alongside... Detroit, if you can remember that, with Will Poulter. Um, Annabelle, The Hitman's Bodyguard, The Dark Tower. Those were the films this was released around. This went to number one in the box office. Mm. When they released this a month later in America, they released it alongside It, Kingsman 2, Blade Runner 2049, and more. And the other film that just made this a logistical nightmare, they released this the same weekend as American Assassin. So you've got American Made and American Assassin in the same weekend in cinemas. Um, I'm not sure. I I haven't seen it. I I believe it was based off a video game of some kind. but If it's um, the film I think it is, and I could just do this, I'm pretty sure Guys on Holiday... There's a beach attack. His missus gets shot. And he ends up going to work for the CIA or someone like that. Michael it is, Keaton's it is Michael Keaton. Um, yeah. After the death of his girlfriend at the hands of terrorists, Mitch Rapp is drawn into the world of counterterrorism. Yeah, um, he is the film we're thinking of. No, it's not bad. It's just okay. 
it's not so, phenomenal, but it's not no. Bad. So it it didn't get the rave reviews, but just from a marketing perspective, it's it's horrible having those two at the top of like a billboard. Um, mm. And I guess, as we said with Tom Cruise, people just weren't too enamoured by the prospect of this film. And so, if you even take away a portion of your viewership for American Assassin, and mm. I, I don't mean to discredit Americans. I'm sure there's people over here this would happen to. There's also accounts of people saying they, they went to go and see the wrong film because they just booked in to see the wrong one where they had them confused. Um, and I saw a story from someone else who said um, that their showing showed the first 10 minutes of American Assassin rather than American Made. Now, a portion of these people were charmed enough by the first 10 minutes of American Assassin that they left and said, you know what, swap our tickets, we want to go see American Assassin instead. <laughs> so it's just a nightmare. And then Kingsman smashed it, and then Kingsman 2, if you remember, that's where they bring in Channing Tatum and all sorts of other American guys, and they do... Never, I've never seen that okay. one. We, we've mentioned it, haven't we, where it's like, they yeah, tried to do I know, the I know what it is, American it's, thing. Yeah. Um, it obviously massive was actually a phenomenal pro and blade runner 2049 was this it was like 25 years after the first film had come out so yeah. you, you you brought in all the nostalgia heads and it just looked like a cool film yeah Gosling was big it was big at the time yeah so i don't know who was involved in the marketing of this it was almost like they just pressed like go on holiday on fm and just let just let the work happen for them because no thinking has gone into that. Why not just release it at the same time as in England and just have a world of people talking about your film rather than hope yeah. that you've got some kind of trickle effect. I don't think you can afford a trickle effect when it's Tom Cruise because you, you're not paying him small money. No, you are not. You are not paying him small money. And um, I didn't take down too much, but there was also um, something that wasn't covered so much over here. On the last day of shooting, they, they actually suffered two deaths on the set of this film. Jesus. Yeah. Um, and I wrote down exactly what it was. Um, okay. So um, on September the 11th, 2015, stunt pilot Alan D. Perwin and Venezuelan co-pilot Carlos Burl were killed when their small twin-engine Aerostar plane crashed during foggy conditions in the Andes near Medine, Colombia. The pilots had just finished their work on the film prior to the crash, which left a sole survivor. Um, ten minutes before the crash, Tom Cruise had been aboard a helicopter doing the same route in the same conditions, which I didn't like that because it was worded as if, like, well, it could have been worse. Tom Cruise could have died. Yeah. Well, I, let's not kid ourselves that is that's exactly how, what that says yeah viewing it yeah but I, I didn't want me coming across like that um no that's, that's i would fine, never but... say something that could be misconstrued on here no no but the point around it that is essentially what that statement that's yeah. what that statement says so i don't know if that went into um because that you've obviously watched a the film there's no mention of that there's no in memory at the end of the film it's literally just no that happened pretend it didn't yeah, and I'm not saying you should. I, I, and I, I, it's be careful what I'm, I know what I'm trying to say, but again, just sort of how you can treat things is, is everything. But I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, what? The, I, I get, part I, of the risks? Is that what you're going to say? Like, no, no. Okay. But no, no, not at all. I mean, <laughs> it, it is inherently, but 
that's not. I'm not saying oh, if you knew what you signed up for, you ultimately you're doing a job. They've not gone to war, no, or anything like that. But from the the studio's perspective, I'm not. You are sort. You are surprised, but not surprised when it's not a big deal is made of it. You don't want like yeah, that. Yeah. That quite easily overshadows a film, yeah, and you have well. to be incredibly heartless. Because there are films that have in the past that's been on a huge tragedy, such as that as a marketing ploy. Yeah, well, I'll take you through the the critics' reviews. So, um, by the time the movie roared to its shockingly grim, remarkably embittered ending, American Maid had just about won me over. Without realizing it, American Maid is a wincing metaphor for Tom Cruise's movie career, which, come <clears throat> to think of it, is exclusively and embarrassingly American Maid Two. <laughs> wow yeah they don't i'm not sure they <laughs> like him as much in america as we do over here um no one assumes that cruz got this film made yet he's a terrible fit for the role he's always done his best work portraying smart insightful characters in dramatic stories but seal was a yahoo whose sorry escapades are played here for cynical laughs The the impetuous pace of the film is at one with its moral shamelessness, and without thinking, we sign up for both. And finally, there's more character work in any episode of Breaking Bad or Narcos than American Maid's entire 115-minute running time, but Cruz's movie does have a sense of humour about itself that makes for an amiable, if not memorable, watch. I think that's probably fair. So I saw one which I didn't take down, but I thought I'd mention anyway. Um, when this came out, this was right around the time of Narcos as well. And mm. someone asked if they were tr- if they were trying to build a Pablo Escobar cinematic world, like they were trying there to with, like, seemed like every other thing at the time. <laughs> yeah, they referenced about um, Escobar. Well, they referenced the eight years prior. Medine, which we see um, doing a, a version of in uh, Entourage, um, flopped horribly. And they're asking, like, what changed in the world? Like, Because people have suddenly, well, not suddenly, people are obsessed with Pablo Escobar. Like, it's people like came a back switch around on drug, Came back around on drug dealers, mate. It's like, yeah, but people are saying, like, you, people didn't care in, like, the early 2010s late 2000s yet suddenly people <laughs> pablo escobar this pablo escobar that. i remember there's the one with the, um, the al chapo thing bad. helped the al the al the al chapo, the al chapo arrest helped okay did, cartels did, became worldwide news again because what sicarios what same year is this 2015 yes did you watch the interpreter when that came out with brian cranston the infiltrator. That's the one. That's the one. Uh, no, I've not seen it. Okay, so but you get the drift. <laughs> There's a lot of Mexican cartel films. Yeah, and a lot of it is the El Chapo thing, where he got nicked. Mad. It, but... it became world like cartels have always been a worldwide issue. That that much is true, but quite mad. I've watched um... all of those except for Narcos. I've never seen Narcos, man. I couldn't really get into it, but I'm sure I would like it. Um, 
Not much trivia then, but I'll take you through it. Tom Cruise is a qualified pilot, and he did all of his own flying scenes during filming. That is true. He learned um, to fly for another film, didn't he? Yeah, we've spoken about um, the actors portraying uh, characters before. Barry Seal looks nothing like Tom Cruise. He's no. a big, had a glow up, yeah, heavy set guy nicknamed El Gordo by members of the Medellin cartel, which translates to the fat one. Yeah. Uh, Doug Lyman has described the film as a fun lie based on a true story. Isn't that what we're always looking for? <laughs> um, there was a scene that he removed from this, which you can read up more on, um, that involved um, Bill Clinton getting a lap dance, but they couldn't get it cleared, supposedly. Yeah, um... Big bad Bill doesn't need Bella. <laughs> no, he's here. the press around him. Uh, he, he can't afford another hit. No. Um, Doug Lyman. I mean, I'm, has... I'm sure the big man got a lot of lap dances, but yeah, I'm sure he did. Uh, Doug Lyman has acknowledged that the film's zero gravity love scene was his idea, and that he received the inspiration while he and Tom Cruise collided in the cockpit while filming a flight scene. That's one of those stories, Tom Cruise going, Doug, stop. No one needs to hear that story. They suddenly they banged or they just actually They collided in midair and then he suddenly had an idea for a love making scene. Okay. Fair enough. Well, we don't need to, we don't need to hear that, do we? Tom's going, Doug, for God's sake, man. Ooh. Do you know what other film we did on the podcast that Doug Lyman directed? No. Edge of Tomorrow. Hmm. Ghostway Cruise. Yep. Nice. Sarah Wright, who plays Seal's wife, is in fact 21 years younger than him. Oh, yeah, and she looks every bit of 21 years younger than him. Now, do you know what film we've covered that she was in as well? No. 21 and over. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. No, I did not know that. Weird one, her IMDb, because it constantly looks like okay, this is about to take off, and then mm. just doesn't in the way that it, you'd think it would after being in a blockbuster with Tom Cruise. Very weird. Yeah. Like if you Google her, most of the things are. I thought this was Jessica Simpson. She does, I'm looking at a photo and she does look quite yeah. like Jessica Simpson. Maybe, if they need to do employee in a month two. They don't, they, they, they don't need to do that, by the way. If they did... They don't. It's Ryan Reynolds that does it, isn't it? They're not going mm, back to Dane Cook. I think Ryan Reynolds is far too big for that now. But I'm, I'm, if, if that was the kind of film, it's. I think they do that with him. Yes, he look at some of the other films he makes. Like he's not too big to do that. Ah, he definitely is. Employed a month is something that one day we will cover on here because I don't think that film gets the props it deserves. I think it gets exactly what it deserves, and I like the film. Weird, the the Jessica Simpson thing kind of died out, wasn't it? Because she was all the rage for a while. That Dukes of Hazard. She was all the rage for a while. She claims her career was hampered because she wasn't willing to get her kit off. 
if we're going to go on that kind of, and I'm not saying like that in a oh, lads, lads, lads kind of way. She genuinely claims that's why she feels her career didn't move forward any further than it did. Yeah. But Jessica Alba says the same. She claims she could have done more if she was willing to do that, but she stands by her principles. So does Jessica Simpson. Yeah. But I guess they're saying Jessica Alba's a better actor. And I trying to send Jessica Simpson back to a pop world. Unfortunately, and it is it is a, it is it is a tra- it is a tragedy. That's that's be quite frank. But I absolutely can see what she's saying. The other thing that I mean, don't really help did that I don't think helped is the standard of films that she was sort of putting <laughs> herself. That's that's the big difference. Fairness, as much as Jessica, I'm a Jessica well. Alba stand. Um, she, she's not been making straight blockbusters. No, but there's a big difference between. The she does. She does enough of them, doesn't she? Yeah. A lot um, more serious roles in there. Yeah. Um, with this film, uh, what else was I going to tell you? Uh, Barry Seal was never busted simultaneously by the FBI, DEA, and the ATF. Um, I, I'm sure you could have worked that one out. To be fair. Um, mm. In real life, he was busted by the DEA for trying to smuggle quaaludes into the US. And that is actually what led to him becoming a DEA, DEA informant against the Cali cartel. Well, so often well. And he also did not quit his job at the TWA. In July of 72, he was fired for taking fraudulent medical leave in order to participate in an explosive smuggling operation. That's quite a good excuse to have written up on your <laughs> on your records. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. When um your next employer's checking and getting a reference for your last job, why did you let him go? Oh yeah. Told us he was having an operation. He was actually um, smuggling explosives into uh <laughs> <laughs> for the cartel, <laughs> as yeah. a boss, you're like, this is a character. He's in. Get him in. <laughs> Great for the dressing room. You just bring him out for staff parties. Tell us a story. Go on. Um, okay. Some of the thoughts I had down while watching, like this, was the most important. Um, actually, I'll go to you first. I've uh, don't want to deprive you here. Did you enjoy the film? Yes. Was that a, it was good, yes? Yeah, it's a, eh. Like, it, it, it's, a, it's an okay, it's an okay watch. I, this is so, I've probably attempted to watch this film three times before I, uh, before I watched it for the pod. Okay. I've never managed to sit down and watch it start. It's not because I didn't like it. Twice I fell asleep, I'll be honest. And the once I got an hour through and I was like, oh, I need to go and do something else. Um, and then I just sort of never came back to it. But yeah, I, I, I like it. It's it's not very complicated. Well, it's... see if um, this this makes sense to you because I think it ties in with what you're saying. Is when I first saw this in the cinema, mm. I re- I really liked it. Um, I was looking yeah. back through. Um, I used to. Uh, I mean, I'm letting people down these days. At the end of the year, I would share for no one's real amusement but my own the best mm. films I've seen in the cinema that year. And this was one of the ones I referenced. Um, there's some Tom Cruise has that big screen feel, doesn't he? Like, yes, a film like this, 
he carried it so much that I came out of the cinema and you've got the montages in there. You've got the slickness of Tom Cruise. You've got the rash ending. I was completely sold on it. I remember I didn't expect too much. I was telling people. Someone, this is... I can't remember where I, where I heard it, where I read it, but I always think, I think even now, and it's probably four years ago, four or five years ago, I've, I've read or heard it. I can't, actually can't remember. But someone made a point that they believe Tom's, Tom Cruise is the last remaining movie star. I think we discussed it when we did uh, Mission Impossible on the pod. Oh, okay. Maybe we did. And I, I always think of it. I think... I, I don't know of many others who get something greenlit because they are who they are. Yeah. I think Tom Cruise is still still has that power. Do you think with some it's because they don't want that? Like, Leo doesn't want a film made because he's Leo. Like he, wants... I, I also don't think he has the ability, which is shocking when you think he is a not, box, not... He's box office dynamite. You don't think he but has think the ability for a studio to say, we're going to put this film around you? Because I, I think... I genuinely don't, mate, no. I really, I, I, I don't. Are you basing that, though, because the majority of his work is with Scorsese now? Because with no disrespect to Doug Lyman here, I think if... Uh, yeah, I think if, if Leo says to him, I want to make this film, he's like, yeah, absolutely. He gets in touch with a studio and the studio's like, of course we'll make a Leo movie. I don't know. And I'm being, I'm being genuinely serious. I don't. I think Tom Cruise is, is the last one. Mm. And as the world becomes more cautious and the world of cinema changes, I think he may be the last one. He's certainly the first person I would think of when I think of, as you say, that type of actor. Joe, there's films, there's there's great actors and then there's movie stars. Sometimes movie stars aren't great actors. And sometimes great actors just ain't movie stars. Yeah, because... That's just just how the world works. There is a presence and a personality to being a a film star. Well, especially when when you look at the way this film's done in that, effectively, the only way he is portraying um, Barry Seal is name only like everything else that we're told yeah, here yeah. in terms of everything else is just like, fucking Tom Cruise yeah character and things like that like, it's Tom Cruise I like, actually wrote down um, while watching Denzel just just take Denzel you, yeah. if anyone who's listened to a pod more than once probably knows my feelings about Denzel Washington and my undying love for the man would you would you would you agree with my statement that Denzel Washington is a far better actor than Tom Cruise I would, but I also think Tom Cruise doesn't do films where he has the opportunity to flex like Denzel does. Okay, but from what you can see, because that, that yeah 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 that, yeah, that no actually doesn't asked. change that doesn't that doesn't change my point, mate. My, especially in fact, if anything, it works in my favour because you're telling me Tom Cruise couldn't. My my whole argument that I'm making is that Tom Cruise could essentially do any fucking thing he wants he, he wants, mate. Right, that's my that's my that's my topic statement. I think Tom Cruise is a better actor than he shows in this film. He's just not doing anything. I I absolutely believe he's a better actor than he shows in this film. But my point is, is there to to the films at least he's presenting in front of us? No, I think he's a better actor than than he is in this. Oh, sorry, I think he's 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 very he's very good in this film. But you are right; the range of the character is is limited. He plays a scumbag. Yeah. remains a scumbag yeah. that's fine but my point is 
to the movie star thing. I don't think it works for Denzel. No, that's not how. In terms of opening films, and I, I think that's that's the one thing that Tom Cruise has over almost anyone, and the younger generation of actors, I don't think you'll get that again. I saw a criticism last week that I wrote down, and I really applied it to this film after seeing it back. Um, yeah. The criticism said that Tom Cruise, um, he doesn't necessarily disappear into his roles, but the roles kind of disappear into him. So as you said, every movie is is just a Tom Cruise movie rather than it being... A, Tom I was, Cruise in it. Yeah, I was trying to think of a example and i guess i guess leo is the easy comparison because we're doing catch me if you can but he really molds himself and he becomes jordan belfort or he becomes frank abagnale in this scenario mm. whereas tom cruise is what well, he's playing tom cruise in the cartel in this one in he's playing tom cruise saving the world and edge of tomorrow he's playing tom cruise saving the world but with a machine gun in <laughs> mission impossible mm. um in fact to go by what you said, Mission Impossible is probably where he shows his greatest range these days, would you say? Yeah. Which is mad, really, because that's that's most that's supposed to be the most brainless serious. one of, of his films. Yeah, but that even that it's flipped. That in itself is flipped, mate, because it's not though they think they've tried to grow. Um They, they they tried to grow that like the feel of the films. They tried to grow it into it a couple of ways. They take it, it's taken on a little bit of a fast and furious vibe these days, to be honest. Yeah. But that's well, they, they they tried to grow it. Those films are probably the greatest example of what you've said in that Tom Cruise can get a Tom Cruise film made because there's no way in 2005 when Mission Impossible three came out that we thought we'd be going on to like Mission Impossible eight. Yeah, exactly. Which fair play to him because I'd rather see Tom Cruise doing that with a character that he's established, a character we recognise him for. And I'm saying that like I didn't like America Made. I enjoyed it again for the second time. I think you look at it differently after watching Catch Me If You Can a day before, um, mm. a day after. Sorry, um, but no, I think his films don't translate as well away from the big screen is is really my key issue with this film. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I thought Sarah Wright was good in this. Um, yeah. I didn't think she disappeared as just being like a Tom Cruise wife, for example. Um, I thought it seemed a bit of a waste in what they had of her because she's great in what she does in this film. In fact, they use more shots of her in the trailer than you would traditionally see in one of these Tom Cruise movies we're referring to, where it would just be him doing this stunt, that stunt. Um, but to not have like any shots of her after her brother's died, there's no yeah. reaction. We don't even see her after Barry is killed. It just seems like, what's the point in giving us this character to then, in the deepest, darkest moments... You, you don't use it. We effectively only see her at the high and intermediate points. We never really see her have the great... Oh, so I suppose we do see her have a low. They have the exchange where um, she's taken off the jewellery. But even then, her husband's out a day later. 
So it's not like she's completely yeah. lost him. So I, I don't know. It just it just felt a bit for me like there was there was more you could have done there. And if we're going by our theory, they had about another twenty minutes to play with. Mm. Yes, they did. They did have some more time. So yeah, it just I uh, I don't know. I think you could have even if you want to keep the same runtime, you could have sacrificed a montage and given us a bit more depth with some of these characters because now I've not seen. Narcos, but I saw a comment today that said they give you more depth in one episode. They cover this story in one episode of Narcos. And they give you a bit more, at least realism-wise, about this character. It's from a different perspective. Mm. But it, it, it just feels like there's so much you could do with this story. And a lot of it you can look at the story of this guy and there's all sorts you can read. In fact, um, TK hasn't seen the film, but he texts me saying he's read quite a bit um, about Barry Seal. So there's obviously a lot to get out there. It just feels like the priorities were a bit wrong in when they did this. And even still, it's it's, it's a fun film, but opportunity missed, I feel. Yes, it is. Um... I don't, I, I don't know, it's one of them where how far do you go with it, if that makes sense. Because I think, I think the risk is, once you add in a couple more scenes, I think that leads to a couple more, and then suddenly we're looking at a three-hour, 15 fucking epic. I don't think that's what this film needs to be. Yeah, um, although... Because like... if you add in another high, then, the, then you need some... Typically, almost typically, you need something else for the low. To, to match the up the, the fall and the fall and the, sorry the rise and fall, um, you can do it. I mean, which just strangely actually, if you but if you had another scene for the low, you don't actually need one for the high. You can just have another moment of it going wrong and there being some recompense. I mean, you get yeah. obviously the ultimate recompense you get shot, but I think um, and this is it. This is in no way uh, down downplaying you here. I think. If you read everything about this guy, and mm-hmm. I sent I sent you movie madness, we got some money together. We sent you out, you and Doug, to talk about this film. I think you could have added a scene of note with Sarah Wright and a further scene of note with Jesse Plemons, and it would have fitted seamlessly in with this film. Wouldn't have looked out of place, and you'd feel like you had a bit more substance. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm using you as the example. I just think I don't think it takes a genius to come up with something that you could slot in here and have a greater use of the parts that you had at your disposal. Yeah, oh, fair enough. As I say, I just don't know. I'm not too sure sort of where. I, I, I yeah, I, I think when you add it in, I mean the Sarah Wright thing. Yeah, it's fair enough. If you add that in, you don't need to do. You don't need an, another scene. Which it would would be a way to go. Mm. I also think, and this is just film writing in general, and I'm not to crit. I, I suppose I am, but they, they, there's never going to be that. I don't think there's rarely that scene you want when it comes to the wife or partner. No, we've spoke. I mean, we, we've we've spoken yeah. again. You and I are not the people to speak about fucking female representation in Hollywood and in films because no. we we know fuck all about it. Um, Probably not the episode either. 
No, probably also no, no, probably not. Not with the way you were acting up earlier. <laughs> you were encouraging um, it. You're you're the boss, man. I'm just here. I'm not. <laughs> I'm yet to be your co. You meet me on editing, and I'll, I'll send. I'll be sending you a question probably about twenty past nine, saying, "Should I take that out? Should I leave that in?" I'm always. I'm always going to tell you to leave it. <laughs> did you leave in the Terence Howard thing? I always forget. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you if you you managed to get away with that, you'd be fine. That's just like a mistake. Like, that was God, well, six. That's um, not the way I would phrase it, but I'm not going to say my phrase because I don't want to get him picked up. The, the end of the film annoyed me. I didn't remember this because it felt to me like something out of a Black Mirror episode, where you have this grand plot, you have this grand story that's going on for an hour and fifty minutes before this. And then you have this guy make a little joke in the office just to show how insignificant the main story was in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And I thought I got what they were trying to do, but I thought it I thought it hit horribly. I thought it was way, way off the mark because I thought I thought they did more to discredit their own film than they did to make the point they were making that about America and look, it's one man down next man up we move on to the next i know the point they were trying to make i thought the execution was just really really bad the way that the way it was done like i said it was something like it was something like out of an episode of black mirror like the christmas episode or something where you've got the little things in the box and he's pressing the buttons and he's showing just how insignificant this little person is i thought you've just shut on the previous two hours of film you've done i didn't i didn't get it yeah, well, it's, I, I think they try and play a bigger picture, don't they, at the end? But I don't think they necessarily need to. No, because I got what they were trying. I just thought, like, it, it went against the tone of the rest of the film. It went against the message. It was like, what are you doing here? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, 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 they they go for a big picture at the end, and it's not. Yeah, because it, it doesn't it, need to be a big picture film. If they want to. Make, I, I think uh, that's that kind um, of statement. You've got so many opportunities to do it previously in the film. Yeah, I, I think it's done at the end because they they obviously don't want to get too carried away in it. But ultimately, there is um, there, there is a there, there there is a historical aspect of the film that is based on a true story. You know, so I think that's why they just sort of toss it in, mm. just as a not a reminder. But um, I, I can't believe I didn't mention this before when you were talking about acting. Mm. What's supposed to be the biggest point of the film so far when they're doing the photography and he's doing the bit for the government, he's got the president on side, all sorts, where he effectively gets made. They publicize the pictures that compromises him with the cartel. Yeah. Tom Cruise is like, oh, that's annoying. <laughs> that's annoying. <laughs> oh, what am I going to do? Oh, God. Oh, you've done me. And it's like, <laughs> he's already seen the cartel wipe out his brother-in-law, who didn't exist, by the way. That character's a work of fiction. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but in this scope of the film, you've seen that happen. You've been exposed, and he's like, oh, yeah. Anyway, um, that next run I'm going to do. It's like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, Cruz, you can do more than this. Well, there we go. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, it, it is. It is strange. Um, to to finish on a note of positivity, what is your favourite scene of the film? When he crashes the plane in the suburb okay. and he still all <laughs> buys the, the kids bike off him. It's so funny. Comes out absolutely covered in coke. He's like, "Is this your yard? Here's some money." And he just rides off into the sunset. <laughs> yeah, bad work from the police there that they aren't able to track him <laughs> so easily. No, no, no. Yeah, lad looks like Scarface has sneezed on him. Yeah. And I, I think it should be fairly, fairly simple. I, I quite like when he starts getting money and he starts spending it, and you see the gradual um, little. Montage. You love that in all films, though, don't you? You love yeah, the montage. Ending with the little thing in the bank where they say we got the new vault, and he says, "Oh, my own vault," and they said, "No, this is everyone else's money." And it's like that was a cool moment in the trailer. That was a cool moment now. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um, are you ready to judge? Yes, sir. Let me just load up. Okay. Um, We had this down as drama, did we not? I believe we did. Okay. Which film did you prefer? I agree. Um, which do you think is more rewatchable? Catch me if we can, but I feel like you'll disagree with me there. No, no, I, I agree. Oh, wow. I think for a film that has some heavy moments in it, I think it's an incredibly easy watch. I, I do think you feel yeah. the runtime of it, but I also feel like it doesn't feel like such a commitment because... I don't know. It's just easy to follow, isn't it? It's not like your mm. average two-hour twenty film. You broke up a little with that. Just as it's, 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 it's um, it's not your average two-hour twenty film. It's a bit more playful, and I guess if you want to sit down and take it all in, you can do so. If you want to sit down and enjoy Leo's charm and the comedy elements of it, you can do that. I think on the rewatch you can kind of approach it how you want to approach it. So I think that's what makes it more rewatchable. Yeah, fair. Uh, best moment slash scene? Um, I don't know. That's a very... Sorry, it's not. It, I, it, uh, it's a hard choice, actually. I'm I'm going for um, Abagnale hustling, um, Hanray, and that, if it wasn't that, it would be the restaurant with him and his dad. I think it is the hotel scene. Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, I think it is. You're right, but the plane scene I do enjoy. Best quote: Is it Abagnale Senior's uh, story about Did mice? You drop this? Um, I don't know. I, I am a big fan of the Gringo who delivers. <laughs> yeah, that is good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I have to say. Um, I also uh, I wrote down um, Abignail when he he gets angry and he says, um, "Christ, Terry, this is Italian knit." <laughs> sounds like a classic. They sound like a posh wanker. 
or the American equivalent of? I think there's several, but it would be catch me if you can um, for me. Yeah, yeah, yes, on the balance of whole. I, uh, I do love uh, an honest man has nothing to fear, so I'm trying very hard not to be afraid. It's just a very smooth yeah, line. That's good. Um, MVP. Frank. Yeah, hard to give this one to a guy who's uh, taken out with a shotgun. Mm. Imagine if he'd gone out um, the hot tub time machine two way. Shotgun to the dick. Yes, <laughs> uh, Best side character. I'm going walking. Yeah, it is, yeah. Better character development. Frank. Yeah, I agree. Or Again, even if it's not him, like, it needs to give it to Hanks. Yeah, fair, yeah. Part of that um, is because Barry Seal ends up taking a long walk. Yeah, he doesn't develop at all, really. <laughs> he doesn't even no, really no. feel too guilty. Um, no, no. Most dramatic scene? The arrest. Actually, no. Barry getting fucking shot or JB getting blown up. I don't think Barry getting shot is that dramatic. I don't think they give it the big sell. Hmm. The car bomb's fairly dramatic, it must that, be said. That is, that is, I agree. Um, I think that's the answer. Something about a car bomb. Gotta be honest. Just, yeah. There's not a film where someone gets blown up whilst they're sat in their car that I don't think shoots. Him every day clearing people away while he turns the key to his car. Mm. Could you not walk? Get a taxi, maybe. Like, if this is that big of a fear, I feel like that's not one you walk away from. Where you're slowly like, oh, just do the, just do the key a little bit. Mm. But yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'll go American Made there. Uh, best soundtrack. Catch me if you can. I agree. Originality. Catch me if you can. Agree. And a lot of that, I think this suffers because it became the time, like you say, like we've said on the pod, the timing is, the timing is what it is, what it is, but this was one of about fucking 12 things that was released this year about drug cartels. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bigger impact has to be Catch Me If You Can, doesn't it? Yes. Best opening scene? Catch me if you can. I would go American made, but first tie. Mine, mine, unfortunately, is swayed by my love of the film. Yeah, it's my own feeling of when I watch it, I smile. Don't know, you know, I I always have, or after the first time I watched Mm. it. We've we've made comments about both. Um, which film has the best ending? American made. Like we said, the the, the Catch Me If You Can ending is quite flat. I, I actually prefer the ending of Catch Me If You Can. Okay. Fair enough. Um, best chemistry? It's Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, I, I agree there also. So it's 
11-1 final score. Didn't expect that. I did as the pod went on. I still didn't. There we go. That's why. That's why you have to play out the matchups. No, of course. Yeah, I, I really, I didn't, didn't. No, I didn't, didn't, didn't think that was going to be uh, what we'd be looking at. I mean, don't get me wrong. My, my, the film I like, the film I like most is one. But yeah, I um didn't think it'd be such a wide margin. Yeah. Well, there we go. Um, that goes through to the next round. Next week we have the Silence of the Lambs up against Black Klansmen. <sighs> You've never seen Silence of the Lambs? No, I've not. No, you're in for a treat. Have you seen Black Klansman? Not all the way through. Okay. Um, so there we go. Um, yeah, we got that next week. So that to get into. Um, hopefully the audio quality has been okay this episode after a rocky start. Only Keenan knows so far. I'll know in about 10 minutes. Um, but thank you for listening. We'll be back next week as always. Goodbye.